Welcome to Exotic Pets. I'm Tracy Hotchner, whom you may know as the dog and cat lady, but I'm wearing a different hat here. With the brilliant assistance of my co-host, Dr. Doug Mater, the world-renowned veterinarian specializing in exotic animals, we're here to celebrate all the other pets that share people's lives. This show is for people interested in pets that slither, hop, creep, fly, or swim. From bunnies to iguanas, parrots to ferrets, snakes to tortoises. Dr. Doug is going to teach us the physical requirements of these exotic pets and how to manage the often challenging environments and correct diets essential to their welfare. Dr. Doug Mater is the author of The Vet at Noah's Ark, Stories of Survival from an Inner City Animal Hospital. He is recognized worldwide as a veterinary specialist on exotics and is the author of four major veterinary textbooks on reptiles and amphibians. I hope you'll have as much fun listening to our conversations as we have had. We are proud to have ZooMed Laboratories as the sponsor of Exotic Pets. ZooMed has earned its reputation as the number one reptile company in the world, from simple beginnings 45 years ago as a passion project for one man, Gary Bagnall, who still runs it. ZooMed provides supplies and information for every imaginable exotic pet, particularly renowned as the world's expert on UVB and heat lighting. ZooMed manufactures all their reptile supplies, accessories, and tools, which they test on their own collection of animals, which surround everyone at headquarters. I am so thrilled to have Dr. Doug at the ready with information about every single species of exotic you could think of and thought, oh my goodness, how could we forget bunny rabbits? Dr. Doug, can we do a little bit of basic bunny question and answer between you and me so those who have bunnies don't feel neglected and those who want one have a good idea of what they're getting in for? Absolutely. Bunnies are great pets. So sure, let's talk about them. I think they're awesome. I think they're great. When I was a kid, I had a number of them in total ignorance. I, I had no idea about spay-neuter, and I did know that things procreate like bunnies. Turns out to be really true. But there were some exotic breeds, and somehow my family was very supportive of the idea of having a teeny-weeny little personal zoo. So I had several different kinds of purebred bunnies, and I would bring them in the house and let them hop around. But I wish I'd known more about what gives them a good life. I mean, what are the, what's the sort of 101 about wh- how to prepare to, to bring a bunny into your home? Well, I think you know, <clears throat> bunnies are kind of really kind of specific because um, they don't just have to be in the house. They can actually make pretty decent outdoor pets as well. Yes. Although I would have to say that the vast majority of the ones that I work with are indoor bunnies. Uh, they're pet bunnies. And people keep them in their house like they keep a cat. And what's oh. one of the things that's kind of cool about bunnies, and a lot of people don't realize this, is that you can litter box train a bunny. Oh, so my goodness. That's the nice thing. You can let the bunny run around the house. You don't have to worry about little bunny droppings everywhere and bunny no pee everywhere. No kidding. Because they'll actually learn to train and use a litter box. Um, one of the things about that, let me just be real clear, is that when they learn a litter box <coughs> training, they have a tendency to make it a site-specific litter box. So let's just say, Tracy, you had a bunny, you put a litter box in your guest bedroom, okay? Right. That bunny learns to go in the guest bedroom and use a litter box. Now, all of a sudden, you've got in-laws coming to visit, and you don't <laughs> want to have the, the litter box in the guest bedroom, so you move it to the uh, pantry, okay? Well, the bunny won't follow the litter box to the pantry. They'll go back to the same corner of the be- uh, guest bedroom uh-oh. and use that spot. Uh-oh. So. Just keep that in mind. If you do decide to have an indoor 
house, loose house bunny that's litter box trained, make sure you keep the box in the same spot, keep it there. I love the idea that this bunny could just hop around and then does he go, does he or she go in their cage at night? Uh, a lot of people just let them run loose so they have like a little bedroom den. Like oh sometimes they'll, they'll make a small warren or you can even get something like a, a cat carrier and put a nice big stuffy soft bedding in there and they'll go in there at night. Um, so yeah, and then they just run around during the daytime. Now, let me also be very uh, careful about pointing out about bunnies and that is they have this habit of chewing things right? and they like to do chew things like electric cords yeah. and that can be a big problem because a if they chew through it and it sparks and catches fire your house can burn down and yes that has happened yeah. um, we had uh, one bunny that chewed through a cord one time and caught a Christmas tree on fire, fire this was years ago the other thing, which is probably more significant, is that if they bite into a live wire, they can they can get shocked and die. Oh. So you have to kind of bunny-proof your house. Um, if you've got computers with lots of cables hanging down, you know, the bunnies is going to come by and they're going to kind of sample it and mouth it and play with it, and they can chew into it. So if you have a bunny that you run let run loose in the house, you just have to make sure your house is prepared for it. So in other words, you can get those uh, cord covers. Yeah. I, they're kind of like a hard hard plastic container, mm -hmm. if you will, that you run the cords through. Well, that's interesting because obviously you don't want them or your belongings to be harmed. But I love the idea of the bunnies running around. Now, what about the idea of buying bunnies? Oxbow Animal Health is one of our sponsors, and they make really important bedding and food for bunnies, which is something we can talk about quickly because there's things that they absolutely require to eat. You don't just give them a Bugs Bunny carrot and call it a day. But do you, what's your feeling, and I do mean feeling personal, about buying a bunny versus adopting one from a shelter? Well, there are so many bunnies out there, Tracy. I think adopt always, whether it's a bunny, uh, a dog, a cat, a parakeet, a snake, you know, anytime you have a chance to go to the shelter and, and give something a forever home, I'd always recommend that. Okay. And let me just briefly mention a little bit about uh, bunny romance. And <laughs> bunnies age fairly quickly, okay? I mean, their lifespan, you know, depending on who you talk to and how the bunny is housed, uh, maybe eight to ten years, average bunny. That's I think long. The, the rec yeah, the record oldest bunny is like, in Guinness Book of World Records, I want to say is around 16. Um, anyway, the point I'm trying to make is that they reach puberty at about six months. And unlike women um, and, let's say, dogs that have reproductive cycles, bunnies don't. Bunnies are what's called induced ovulators. So basically, when a bunny has romance, they ovulate. Wow. Every single time. Okay, wow. and so that's one of the reasons that bunnies are so fecund and so prolific because they're they're at the ready to go all the time as soon as they reach puberty, and hence you get lots and lots of bunnies, and hence there are a lot of bunnies that end up in shelters. So yes, I strongly encourage people to visit the shelter. I, I know my own shelter here where I live. I want to say right now they have twenty three rabbits that need homes. Gosh, that's so, a lot. That's just yeah, it's in sad. near Key West, Florida. That's yeah. A pretty small area. Well, it is. The Berkshire so, Humane Society near me has bunnies, and they're often featuring them on their emails the way they do a dog or a cat. 
and they're darling, and many of them are purebred, which I don't know oh, yeah. how much that matters to people, but they're some of them look very exotic. I mean, they're exotic yeah. exotics, right? Gigantic you know, ears. really cool, too, because everybody thinks of a bunny, the, the thing that they see sitting on the side of the road. You know, there's a lot of different breeds of bunnies, anywhere from the classic New Zealand white, which is the big white laboratory yes, rabbit that with everybody sees. With white eyes. They, I mean, right, pink eyes. Red eyes. Red eyes. Um, and then they have the Dutch belts, which are usually black with a, or white with a black band on them. They have French lops, which are the really big rabbits with the big floppy ears. They have the Rexes, which are the rabbits. Their, their fur is so fine that literally, if you close your eyes and put your hand on them, you can't feel their fur. That's how fine it is. Really? Then they have dwarf bunnies that are just a couple of pounds. So, I mean, you can find the perfect bunny for every situation. That's wonderful. And, you know, sorry to the pet stores selling them that we're, we're not trying to cut into your profits. And I mean small brick and mortars, not big box stores. I mean the small stores that really try to educate people and are very good about making sure that when people buy an exotic of any kind, that they really understand what they're getting in for. Although it seems to me bunnies don't have so much downside. Now, I'll tell you that my vet, who does one of my vets, who does acupuncture on my Weimaran or Maisie, was telling me a story about how people get bunnies and have no idea how sick they can get and how expensive it is when you go to the vet and we have to have like abdominal surgery. Is that a rare thing? Well, I mean, let's kind of look at the big picture of this thing. Okay. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to use a word that a lot of people don't like, and that is research. And I think <laughs> one of the reasons that they use bunnies in research is because they get a lot of similar problems that humans get or oh. that when they when they are looking at medications for humans oftentimes they're tested in rabbits so to answer your question is that bunnies do get a lot of different diseases and unfortunately there are diseases that they get that require surgery and they're no really no different than a dog or a cat when it comes to veterinary and health care so they should have their annual exam in fact since they don't live a really long time I strongly encourage every six months having them checked out by a good bunny vet. Don't go to a dog and cat vet. Go to a right. bunny vet, somebody yes. who's trained in bunnies. Um, and then they can pick up on these problems early because there are certainly problems at bunnies that are unique to bunnies that bunny vets will know how to deal with right away that a dog and cat may not. There's also some medications that bunnies can't take that a dog and cat vet may not know and Ooh. give the bunny a cat medicine and all of a sudden the bunny could actually get sick and die. So, um, yes... You said something, too, that also kind of rubbed me the wrong way about them being so expensive. Uh, you can't put a price tag on disease. Thank you. You know, if, right. if an animal gets sick, you do what you can to help it. And there are costs involved, whether it's a dog, a cat, or a person. That's, you, know, I, you, know, yeah. you know, I had surgery for my back last year. I don't even want to tell you how bad that bill was, okay? Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank God my wife didn't put me in, you know, put me down because like, <laughs> she could have replaced me cheaper. Uh, anyway, the, the point is, you know, I mean, unfortunately, bunnies get sick like every other pet you can possibly imagine. But if you are proactive, go in for your semi-annual exams, stay on top of things, catch things early, that's the best way to keep them healthy. And I also want to point out, and I can't advocate this enough, you know, there are there are pet insurance companies now that actually cover rabbits. That's right. So mm -hmm. I strongly recommend every new client that I meet that has any pet, whether it's a bunny, a dog or cat, a snake, whatever, a bird, you know, get pet insurance. Totally. Because you know, everybody's like, oh, I don't want to spend it. I can't afford it. Well, as you just said, if that rabbit does have a major abdominal surgery, you could be looking at thousands, 
of dollars. Correct. You have, and it may be a matter of, I can't afford that and you have to put it down. But if you have the pet insurance, bam, you're good to go. Get your bunny fixed and it's going to be around for a while. That's a really good point. And I didn't mean to complain, hey, vets are charging too much. I meant that when you get a rabbit and let's say your adoption fee is $50, you think, hey, that's easy. No big deal. And okay, I'll buy some Oxbow Animal Health hay and, and pellets and and I will give a carrot once in a while. That'll be easy. And a litter box. But there are other expenses. And I am the world's biggest fan of, of pet insurance for pets. I mean, I always advocate it so strongly because the $50 a month or 30 or whatever it is a month that you're paying in a premium, if you're lucky, you'll never have to use it. That's like having car insurance and being really glad you didn't have an accident. But when you do need it, you'll be amazed how expensive medical care is, whether it's for Dr. Doug's back or my knee or your bunny who's got a really bad stomach ache from which he could die unless they do surgery and then he's sorted out. So I, I just I just want to caution people that the small exotics, the small mammals in particular that seem like not a big hit to the pocketbook or even to maintenance, you have to look at it as a life that you're now completely responsible for and there's no free lunch. That's all I want to say, okay? No, it's, absolutely. You, you've got to plan for it, and don't – I'm not a believer in, oh, put some money away like in your child's college fund when he's four, and it'll come in handy later because if you put money away for your pet care, whether it's a bunny or a bird, you're probably going to dip into it when, you know, you need a new set of tires. That's usual what people do. They don't really keep it – and anyway, it never comes out to be enough – for the event when you need it, since an MRI is $5,000. I don't know if they do them on bunnies, but they do them on dogs, and they do them sure do. on Dr. Doug, so, uh, and on me. So I I just think it, that they make such fantastic pets, and in terms of them procreating, I don't think that my bunnies reached six months old when they were making babies with their mother, because I was just put my hand, it was an outdoor pen, really nice, you know, a hutch, a real proper rabbit hutch with the part where they could run around in the part that was their nest. And I put my hand in to clean out the straw and pulled out a handful of babies. Ah. And there's no way I had any idea that that young, young buck rabbit could make babies with his own mother. So it was biblically incorrect and also, yeah, too prolific. So... Uh Well, Tracy, you and I can sit down in private and I'll explain the birds and the bees. Oh, thank you so much. (laughs) Yes. Mothers and Sons. I think D.H. Lawrence or somebody wrote a book about that. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you for loving your bunnies. And anybody who wants one, they are divine pets. And just make sure that you share this this episode with your other bunny-loving friends so they know the, the 101 from Dr. Doug. Thanks again, Dr. Doug. And Don't forget to read Dr. Doug's memoir. It's pretty fabulous. You'll find all about it on our website, tracyhotchnerpets.com. Bye for now. Dr. Doug Mater and I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Exotic Pets and our desire to educate and inspire you to give your exotics their best possible life. This show is brought to you by the wonderful companies that cater to the needs of exotic pets. From Zubad Laboratories, where they make everything you need to keep your reptiles and amphibians in tip-top shape, to Oxbow Animal Health, with health and wellness solutions for small mammals, and Zupreme, the company dedicated to your bird's nutrition. And if you haven't read Dr. Doug's book, The Vet at Noah's Ark, yet, do yourself a favor and pick up a copy.